0: Hey everyone, Josh Norris here with another episode of the Roto-World Football Podcast to cap off the week three editions of this podcast. Obviously, on Tuesday we had Ray Summerlin and myself talking waivers in the news. On Thursday you had Ray, Nick, and Rich Rebar, which is a podcast you should listen to if you haven't yet. And then today it's myself and Evan Silva talking about matchups, some really, really great stuff. Especially about some wide receivers who should have great weeks. Amari Cooper, Jamie Macklin, so on and so forth. Maybe even a Ryan Tannehill mention. Then we move on to Pat, the lovable Roto Pat, Patrick Doherty. And he has to defend his rankings in the ever-popular pick on Pat segment and I did want to mention that and thank everyone for subscribing and sharing this podcast if you rate and review it it helps us reach more listeners and it's the best way for us to get our name out there and this podcast out there and to all of you that have taken 10 15 seconds to do that it really really has helped but without further ado let's head on now to my conversation with Evan Silva hope you enjoy it. All right Evan Silva let's start with the quarterback this week Miami's at-home favored, implied 25-point total by Vegas. What do you think of Ryan Tannehill as a play this week, I guess, a streaming or in daily leagues?
2: I think he's a great, great fantasy play this week. Anywhere that I own him, I want to use him. Um, I think that the return of De- Devontae Parker, even if he's only at 80%, is a huge boon to the Dolphins' offense. Uh, in Rich Reeb's worksheet this week, he, he noted how – Jarvis Landry actually is more productive with Devontae Parker in the lineup which is not something that you would normally think you know you think oh well there's another receiver there you know he's stealing production from right. the other guy that's not how it works you know it's a situation where there's a guy on the outside and there's a guy on the inside and the offense straight up is just better when Devontae Parker is out there Yeah. Um, the Browns have also shown signs of being a funnel defense and what I mean by that is that they have been stopping the run pretty well, only allowing 3.7 yards per carry on the ground in their first two games, uh, and the Dolphins don't have a running game really at all. I mean, Arian Foster, even if he was in there, he would be a guy that was primarily just catching passes, and they'd right. use the run as a change-up. Um, they, they, their running game overall is just broken. I mean, they're, they're starting four left tackles on the offensive line. They don't have <laughs> their center. they they should be able to impose their will with the passing game this week. I love Ryan Tannehill. I love Jarvis Landry. Um, I think that uh, uh, one one additional note about Ryan Tannehill is that the Dolphins are running him a lot so far this year. He had five rushing attempts and a rushing TD in week one at Seattle. And last week, uh, he had six rushing attempts for 35 yards. So that brings up Ryan Tannehill's floor and raises his ceiling. Um, love, love, love Ryan Evan, Tannehill and Daily Fantasy. Did you,
0: did you know that Ryan Tannehill is a former wide receiver? Like, I, I don't think that's ever talked about. Okay, I'm kidding.
2: Um, did you know that Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? Did you know
0: Nick O'Leary is Jack Nicholas's grandson? Um, okay. I do want to ask, though, about Ryan Tannehill. Like, I know what all the stats point to. But, like, yeah. I know you watch every game every single week. How is he, like, playing when you're watching? Because that's always been a big debate with Ryan Daniel
2: from both sides. I mean, I think he's an inconsistent player, uh, but they really got rolling in the second half against New England. And I know that if you just look at the the box score, the game cast, it looks like that you know they were just piling up stats in garbage time mode. But the Dolphins made that game close. They they can't. I mean, I think that if it would have gone to overtime, they would have won the game. They wound up losing by seven. Tannehill was just white-hot in the second half of the game. Patriots just don't have that much pass rush, pass rush but neither do the Browns. Um, I, I think that Brian Tannehill is, is playing with more confidence. He started the season with two really, really rough spots at Seattle and at New England. Yeah. And I think that going back home now against a weak pass defense who does a reasonable job of stopping the run, I mean, they, they're favored by nine and a half points and right. they don't have a running game. Josh, So that means that even late in the game to, to you know, try to put the Browns away, they're not going to be able to put it in, in a big running back's belly and let him kill the clock. They're going to have to keep throwing to Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker, and, and Ryan Tannehill should be racking up stats all game regardless of the flow of the game.
0: And to add another Lord Reeb stat, um, Miami has trailed for 91% of their offensive snaps this season, which is pretty kooky. Um, let's move on to Stephon Diggs. Obviously, breakout campaign on what was that Monday Night Football? Um, yep, it was one of those uh, Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday Night Football. All the days kind of run together now, Evan. Um, Stephon Diggs, more Reeb stuff. Fifty-five percent of Minnesota's receiving yards this year in terms of a market share, and forty percent of your receptions. But he's going up against Carolina Panthers and away, a a uh, road dog in this case. So what do you think about Stephon Diggs this week against
2: Carolina? So a lot of things are going to change with the Vikings offense minus Adrian Peterson. And they are going to become a more pass-oriented offense. Number one, they lost AP. But number two, they haven't been able to run block at all. Uh, Every single one of their offensive linemen has a negative run-blocking grade from pro football focus. They uh, are averaging 1.9 yards per carry and you can say, oh, you know, well, Adrian Peterson was done. First of all, I, I don't think that he was done necessarily. I think that he had no room to run and he was being hit in the backfield consistently. Yeah. Um, so and I don't think that the Vikings are going to go to Carolina and be able to run the football right. on the Panthers. And they're, they're going to generate offense, even if it's not a lot of offense. They're going to generate offense somehow. And Stefan Diggs is going to be the focal point of the vikings offense i mean he is in a spot right now josh where he could finish like top five in the nfl in targets i love it And I just mean
0: in ninth round Evan, we talked about him all summer
2: right I, I know i you remember we we talked about how people were going to sour on him when the vikings lost teddy bridgewater i mean correct. his adp immediately dropped by like three rounds
0: correct i and got him in the ninth that, round in almost every league that I was in
2: that that's that's awesome, dude. Do not trade him away. Do not sell him high. Hold on to him. Use him this week in DFS. I looked up his price on Fanduel. You know he's leading the NFL in receiving yards by like sixty, and he's the wide receiver forty-two. Wow. On Fanduel this week. And and I'll say this as much. What, what is, we call what we call that, Josh, is a free square.
0: <laughs> and and again, a lot of people talked about the Panthers' corners this offseason because there's no more mm-hmm. Josh Norman. I'll say that the Panthers' safeties have played worse in the corner, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a deep play from Stephon Diggs, obviously in this game as well. Um, yeah,
2: and, and he's been used. He's been running around so much, like he's playing forty percent of his snaps in the slot, where he's yeah. going to draw Robert McLean. I mean, St- Stefan Diggs looks uncoverable right now. I mean, he he's his game is reaching another level, and, and then when he and then he usually gets his snaps outside against left corners where he will draw James Bradbury, who I know has played pretty well, but he's still a second-round rookie Correct. out of Samford. And I'm going to bet on Stefan Diggs over James Brad- Bradbury 10 times out of 10.
0: Yeah. Uh, Diggs is turning into one of my bigger misses as of late. But I mean, the NFL missed on him too, right? He was a fifth-round pick. So Yep.
2: So you can feel better about yourself. Can,
0: <laughs> yeah. If the NFL gets it wrong, so do I. Uh, Amari Cooper. Let's move on to him, Evan. Um, Along... Uh, each podcast during the offseason we discussed that how we were kind of hesitant about Amari Cooper because he doesn't get in zone targets Um, but I know Mm -hmm. you've been super impressed with how he started his season these first two games
2: well he had zero targets inside the opposing 10 yard line last year Uh, he has two so far I still like when you actually watch the game I still feel like Derek Carr is not looking at him when they're in scoring position I mean, he's looking at Seth Roberts, he's looking at Walford, he's looking at Crabtree. Crabtree caught the game-winning two-point conversion in week one, had a two-yard touchdown last week, um, but it's there on the stat sheet that, that Crabtree or that, Mike, that Amari Cooper has two targets inside the 10-yard line, so that's good news. Uh, I think that people will not be super excited about Amari Cooper because one thing happened in last week's game. That took a monster play hmm. off the board. Uh, he, Amari Cooper, got open over the middle, made this just—I mean, his acceleration in the open field was godlike. I mean, just outrunning every single defensive back yeah. in the Falcons, um, you know, secondary. Uh, but the touchdown was called back because. Uh, Desmond Trufant pushed him out of bounds. So he loses this like 60-yard TD that would have taken his stat line from, you know, 570 or whatever it was to 6, you know, 130 and a touchdown, yeah. which would have had everybody excited, would have made his salary in Daily Fantasy that much bigger. I, I think he blows it up against the Titans, who gave up 7 to Stefan Diggs in week one. And gave up 8-118 to Marvin Jones in Week Mm 2. And the Titans are also a little bit of a funnel defense. Led by Jarrell Casey, they have played really stout run defense in their first uh, two games. And I I think that Amari Cooper, these teams played in Week 12 last year. And Amari Cooper went 7 for 115. I think he has a bigger game than that this week I I think that Amari Cooper is going to have a potentially special season I think it begins in week three
0: and if you get rid of the short Latavius touchdowns then he hasn't done much and and maybe some of that opens up for for Amari I mean Oakland has scored a touchdown on 36 percent of their drives which leads the NFL Um, okay let's move on to one more wide receiver Jeremy Macklin Evan Um, kind of Mr. Consistent as wide receiver two over the last few years Uh, this week he's at home Against the Jets, I know Revis has been banged up in practice this week, right? So how does Macklin's um, outlook look for, for Sunday?
2: Well, this is another funnel situation because the Jets shut down opposing rushing attacks. And Jeremy Macklin did not have a big stat line last week, but he did have 15 targets. He had a couple of drops. I mean not a great game by him, you know, that that'll happen sometimes. But now he gets to go face Revis Resort, uh where AJ <laughs> a- 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 AJ Green had 12 for 180 in a TV in week 1. Marquise Goodwin, you know, who, who really isn't even a wide receiver, he's just a guy who runs down the field, had an 84-yard touchdown. Burned him. Burned him bad. I mean he he looks a step slow. J- Jeremy Macklin, I mean a step slow would be a, a kind word a kind way of putting it. Um Jeremy Macklin has plenty of speed and quickness to get by Darrell Revis. Uh, and he's going to have to be, he and Travis Kelsey are going to have to be the primary means of the chiefs moving the ball because you know, the chiefs are still missing their two starting guards uh, and the jets have the best defensive line in football. I mean, just, just a bunch of big, tough road grading run stoppers right. um, who, who can also collapse the pocket uh, and I mean, uh, you know, that, that's a little bit of a concern for, for, uh, for Alex Smith, obviously, but the targets are going to be there. I mean, Jeremy Macklin right now is fifth in the NFL in targets and it's just kind of bad, you know, bad luck or he just had a bad game last week. And I think he bounces back really big in week three
0: and they probably the targets probably won't go to Travis Kelsey, or at least they shouldn't. If you're looking back on what the jets have done against tight ends as they've only allowed right one top 10 tight end in the last 18 weeks. Um, let's finish up with a tight end, Evan Delaney Walker had a huge week last week against the Detroit lions. I believe, um, why are you on him once again, back to back weeks against, uh, the aforementioned Oakland Raiders?
2: Yeah. He, he was one of the guys we discussed last week. Wasn't he? I believe so. Or at least I've discussed yeah. him in, in other places. Oh, so you're, you're, it's just all blending <laughs> together for you. And yeah, now?
0: dude. It all blends. I mean, I, days are just like flying
2: by, right. bro, man. No, I know. I I'm, know. I'm,
0: I'm learning your life. How it is.
2: So the Falcons gave up – I'm sorry, the Raiders gave up 10 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. I'm sorry, 10 catches for 180 yards and a touchdown to the Falcons' tight ends last week. Okay. Levine Toilolo, <laughs> T-O-L – I'm sorry, T-O-I, yeah. capital You're- L, capital O, capital L, oh, O-L-O.
0: I, okay, good joke, Evan. That, that was well done. I thought you were spelling that out so I could enter him on my
2: FanDuel team. Jacob T- would had a huge game. Austin Hoot Cooper had three catches for 84. Uh, ben Heaney, the Raiders' uh, inside linebacker yeah. who is uh, replacing Curtis Lofton, essentially. He got benched in the fourth quarter. And uh, Carl Joseph, their first-round pick, has not been able to get on the field. So they've been playing... Um, Keith McGill, a, a former cornerback from, from Utah. No, Utah. Utah. Dang it. Um, they've been playing him at strong safety, and he got just destroyed last week. I mean, I don't even know. You know, hopefully they trot him back out there this week. Um, but th- this is a great, great spot for Delaney Walker, who – this was a game that I watched on Sunday, and I watched it particularly closely because I wanted to see how they used Delaney. And I mean, they were they lined him up in the slot where he could actually match up with DJ Hayden, which would be another great great matchup for Delaney.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and they were throwing him some tight end screens. He he only had six targets, but he caught them all for over 80 yards and a TD. And I know that he was, you know, he he, he he's he's a guy coming off a big week, but it's okay to keep riding. A guy, you know, especially in daily fantasy, I think that Delaney Walker has another big, big game.
0: And the Raiders are the first team to allow back-to-back 500-yard games in the first two games of the season. So,
2: yeah, they have allowed more passing yards by any than anybody in the NFL by more than 100 yards. That's amazing.
0: And it's supposed to be like a rebuilt Raiders defense too.
2: That's kind of funny. Um, no, they they just they can't get any pressure with their front four. Right. You know, they have the issues in the middle of the field. Right. Uh, they already, they've already had a bench two of their starters, Sean Smith and Ben Heaney. I mean, it, it's been a really disappointing start for the Raiders. I still think that they have enough talent to come around later in the season, but right now we're going to be attacking them.
0: And once again, you can all check out, uh, Evan's matchup column or matchups column on roto both obviously for the weekend and Monday night and, and really covers everything. It's a, it's a lot of words there, Evan, isn't it? Um, So, man, thanks so much. I'll talk to you next week. All right. And now let's transition over to Patrick Doherty with rankings that he has on Rotorill.com right now. And he obviously updates them with injuries and any news that happens throughout Sunday, almost up until kickoff. So check those out and check out this interview right now with Pat. All right. The award-winning segment, Pick on Pat, is back. (laughs) (laughs) We're at second installment, Pat. After the success we had last week, um, people have been just been commenting and raving about my 15 minute discussion with you every single week. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm feeling great. I'm hearing stuff like Tonys, Oscars, Grammys. It's yeah. trans. This is transcending genres, <laughs> transcending art mediums. And when you
0: said Tonys, does that mean we have to sing through this segment? Yeah, but
1: there's gonna be anything this successful. There's always a Broadway show at some point, you know. Oh. So. See, At I don't some, watch.
0: I don't watch. Um, what are they even called? Like Friends and um, um, what, what are those shows called? Like they, they uh, have. Are you, are you trying to describe sitcoms? Yes, I forgot the word sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like always like one um, um, uh, like like theater episode in terms of uh, musical theater? Like like yeah, I that's that's Harry a very and,
1: tried and true sitcom trope. Yeah. Yes,
0: okay.
1: uh, you gotta. And they're always like the least. Favorite episode They're the ones that, They take out a syndication Got it. Like oh yeah No one wants to watch The singing episode You know 1997 David Schwimmer Singing about Bill Clinton we should do out.
0: that In week 17 Since everyone's Like championship is done Are you a secretly A song and dance man I, I wouldn't be that surprised sing. I cannot sing At all um, Well
1: I didn't ask you If you could sing But I maybe played,
0: I played Santa Claus In my fourth grade play And I did a rap
1: I feel like secretly you probably harbor song and dance, man. Uh,
0: Like, that's just something you aspire towards. Yes, you caught me. Like, when when I need to hype myself up, I listen to Oklahoma.
1: No, you listen to the music,
0: man? Yeah. Yes, all those. Fiddler on the Roof, all those. Um, Anyways. I I have a story about a musical that I'll share with you sometime. Anyways. uh, Okay, let's let's get into (laughs) Pick on Pat. Um, Let's start with Marcus Mariota. You know, a lot of people think that he's going to have a great week against – the Raiders, that um, this is the matchup to play him. In fact, both quarterbacks to go up against the Raiders in the first two weeks have been quarterback twos. But, Pat, as always, you have Marcus Mariota as quarterback 15.
1: Yeah, you know, I need to double-check the stats. You know, I know the Raiders have allowed, I think it's 4,200 passing yards through the first two weeks. You're You're rounding up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I don't think the Raiders' defense is as bad as it's looked. And, you know, there's – Obviously a very plus matchup as you laid out with very straightforward statistics. It's just Marcus Mariota just he hasn't been that kind of player yet. You know, right. I think in his career, he's got four games where he has more than two touchdowns. And Nashiri, you know, playing in a very conservative offense, only has four total scores, only has six rushing attempts, you know. I thought part of the exotic smash mouth was gonna be kind of unleashing the dual threat but as was the case last year we're not seeing it at the rate we expected and just i'm still this kind of improvement mode with Marcus Mariota where you know he had a great matchup in the lions and he didn't he didn't face plant but he didn't exactly explode either and i just kind of have reached believe it when i see it territory of
0: mariota yeah and they didn't really open up that offense until like the final series like i hate this offense that they're running i, I know it's so constraining like it's constraining him and and well, you know,
1: open up an exotic Smash Mouth is an oxymoron,
0: you know. Yes, like
1: this is supposed to be like seals slamming into each other. You know, there's nothing pretty about
0: this. Do you, do you know what yeah. else is an oxymoron? Successful malarkey is another one. <laughs> um, let, let's move on to another uh, matchup that people are going for, and that's Melvin Gordon the third taking over as I guess the lead back in San Diego as running back seven. So, um, well, you have him as running back seven, excuse me, let, let's talk about one his matchup, but two. Because we bring up Melvin Gordon, Pat, we have to bring up Dexter McCluster. Uh, I know, Good boy, we have I to. Know.
1: I know. I've got to say, I think you know, I won't lay claim to many accomplishments, but I think me, maybe more than anyone else in the football world, I think I did more than anyone else to make Dexter McCluster a meme. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I would say so. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's one of my tombstone accomplishments: is memifying Dexter McCluster. Uh, you know, I'd be lying if I felt great about having Melvin Gordon as the number seven overall running back this right. week. Yeah, I'm cer- certainly not alone in that. You know, uh, one of the – a very haunting sentence I wrote this summer was – I'm surprised I know tweeted at me yet. I'm sure it's coming. But in my one-liner rankings for Melvin Gordon, I wrote, except for everything, comma, there's a lot to like. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, a bit acidic there. And, you know, so far – Looked like a pretty good player. RB5 overall. Seems like he's got a little bit of that home run hitting ability back. And, you know, again, I'm still not sold on Melvin Gordon, the player, but he's right. facing the Colts, who I think have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. You know, he had like. 27 touches last week after Danny Woodhead went down and I very much think that the Chargers want to remain a two-back offense but Dexter McCluster's only been in the fold four or five days and I just think in a dream matchup and you know I'd be shocked if it was fewer than 20 touches I just think it's kind of all coming together for Gordon this week and kind of one of those where you don't want to do it but you kind of have no choice but to
0: rank him where he is yeah and I have like three really good Lord Reeves things to relay to you so Indianapolis has given up Three running back tens in two weeks. So Amir Abdullah, um, Theoretic, and C.J. Anderson. Um, last week, Melvin Gordon the third was San Diego's first 100 yard rusher in 22 games, as you mentioned on a ton of on a ton of carries. Um, Twenty. Right. So yeah, I mean, and they're a road underdog, though, you know. So that might be a factor when we look at back at this week and wonder why maybe Melvin Gordon didn't live up to expectations. Um, moving on to Charles Sims, obviously another back taking over as a lead ball carrier, except someone who has produced in the past. Uh, you, ha- you have him as running back 12, Pat. Explain yourself.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. Again, yeah, this feels really high to me. But, uh, you know, this is a team, the Bucks averaged 34 running back touches per game last year. Uh I've seen nothing through the first two weeks to me that suggests, you know, they're really re- going to reinvent the wheel that they had with Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston last year. I think it's the same offense. I think one that that's still going to funnel a ton of touches into the backfield and, you know, not exactly concerned about Jaquiz Rodgers. uh behind charles sims and you know i just think game flow will be in the Bucs' favor and even if it's not even if they're trailing it's not like the rams are going to get out to like a three touchdown lead i think the game plan is going to stay conducive to running the ball and i just envision a huge workload for charles sims and you know maybe even if he only gets say like worst case scenario he only gets like 10 or 11 carries and you know like 30 or 40 yards it can still be like a spencer ware type thing where he makes up for it with seven or eight catches so I just think the game flows in his favor, the workload is in his favor, and really, that's all you can ask for a lot of times. So
0: yeah, I think he, Charles Sims, belongs in that RB one borderline. And Tampa's a home favorite uh, over the LA Rams in that game. Travis Benjamin, Pat, you have him as wide receiver eighteen. Um, obviously, has gone off in the absence of Keenan Allen, especially last week against the Jaguars with Philip Rivers. Uh, that's I'm not going to say fringe. For, uh, wide receiver one, but that's like right in the middle, in the meat of wide receiver two category.
1: Yes. And yeah, you know, not sure how, you know, again, this kind of thing where I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't. I like, feel like I love it. I just feel like the facts kind of dictate it where you know he's a huge big he's a huge play threat right. who's locked into volume man. he's been hyper efficient so far. He's caught thirteen of fourteen targets and, you know, he has experience kind of being the guy and he was, you know, really kinda of one of the most surprising players in football last year to the Browns quarterback situation just kind of fell apart. And you know, he's just, you know, he's playing one of the best quarterbacks in the modern era in a game that I think will be you know, pretty high scoring and you know, his outlook could change a little bit if Vontae Davis returns mm-hmm, uh, right now. Mm-hmm. It does not look like Vontae Davis is going to play Vonte comes back. Then you might have to do a little rethink, but yeah, again, I just think everything's kind of set up in Travis Benjamin's favor
0: to kind of build on the big week he had last week, Pat. I absolutely love Randall Cobb. Like I drafted Randall Cobb <laughs> in far too many leagues um, because I guess I remember two years ago when he was just the man and this offense was actually functional. Um, now this offense is not functional and Randall Cobb has just one top 30 wide receiver game in his last 10 games. But Pat, yeah. you have him as wide receiver 27, so you're expecting a second.
1: Wait, you think you think that's high
0: or low? Wide I think that's super 27? high. Really? Um, not, not super high, but I'll say this. I think right now Randall Cobb is like the end of wide receiver three category, just based on what he's done in recent weeks and what the Packers offense has done.
1: That's fair. Yeah. I me, wide receiver 27 felt kind of low or, uh, but I I thought maybe I was getting out in front on having, I had caught up really low last week. I think maybe like thirtieth. but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You laid it out pretty well there in the, in the Packers defense, I guess, you know, they haven't played a home game yet and this will be the home opener, but you laid out like all the concerns there about the offense. And, you know, it's been, he's averaging 52 yards over his past 18 games. Uh, Hasn't scored in eight games. Uh, has only six touchdowns since the beginning of last year. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, he's still probably almost guaranteed for six or seven catches, which kind of locks you into that mid-range, wide receiver, three-range. And maybe he's due. Is the due principle? Do we still believe in that? That's very analytic, right, very. Uh, being due. Uh, but, yeah, to me, 27 fell low. Maybe I got to do a rethink there because, yeah, I'm with you. I'm kind of off the cob train.
0: Well, Pat, um, get to working on those show tunes. Um, for, for next week. <laughs> and, yeah, tomorrow,
1: uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm alerting our higher ups tomorrow. I'm taking a leave of absence to write you a, a play. Uh.
0: Okay. Okay. I'll act it out. I'll do all the voices. Um, you can all find Pat's rankings, obviously, on rotorworld.com. They're up now, they're updated until Sunday. Pat's always working throughout the weekend. At least I think so. Um, so, Pat, talk to you next week, my man.
1: Later, Josh. <laughs>
0: Again, thanks so much for listening and thank you for rating and reviewing and subscribing. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you do it. Again, it helps us out, takes 30 seconds. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, And until next time, really, until Tuesday, I'll talk to you all soon. If
1: a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is,